I want to share something with you this morning. How many ready to receive? All right. The top 10 things you'll never hear a dad say. Number one, well, how about that? I'm lost. Looks like we'll have to stop and ask for directions. (laughs) Ain't going to happen. Number nine, you know, pumpkin, now that you're 13, you'll be ready for unchaperoned car dates. Won't that be fun? Number eight, I noticed that all your friends have a certain hostile attitude. I like that. Number seven, here's a credit card and the keys to my car. Go crazy. Speaking of my credit card. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number six, what do you mean you want to play football? Figure skating is not good enough for you, son. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Number five. Your mother and I are going away for the weekend. Here's some money. You might want to consider throwing a party. Number four. Well, I don't know what's wrong with your car. Probably one of those doohickey thingies, you know, that makes you run or something. Just have a tow to a mechanic and pay whatever he asks. I kind of do that. But anyway, <laughs> number three, no son of mine is going to live under this roof, roof, <laughs> live under this roof without an earring. Now quit your belly aching and let's go to the mall. <laughs> it's so funny what different generations we live in. I said to my dad, if I ever come home with the earring, shoot me. My son and all of my nephews and pretty much everybody I know, it's just a young man, has earrings now. But oh well, praise the Lord. Number two, what do you want to go and get a job for? I make plenty of money for you to spend. And then the number one thing you'll hear, never hear a dad say, what do I want for Father's Day? Ah, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Actually, I do say that. (laughs) They can attest to it. What do you want? What do I want? All I want is the love of my children. Amen. Glory to God. All right. As I've said to you on this Father's Day, I'm going to deviate from the teaching we've been on. What manner of man is this? Speaking of what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth. To talking about today what manner of father our heavenly father is to us. Do you understand that one of the main reasons Jesus came to this earth, one of the main reasons was to reveal to mankind the fatherhood of his God and our God. You see, up to that time, so many in the Old Testament, they, they had a somewhat warped view of God. They only knew, knew him as someone that would bring judgment upon all those who disobeyed him and I mean, if you look throughout the Old Testament, I'm telling you there, you see time and time again where God did just that. He brought judgment. But was that the only characteristic God displayed during the Old Testament? No. The Bible declares over and over and over again that he was and he is good. 
The Bible declares that his mercy endures forever. The Bible says that his faithfulness reaches to the heavens. Great is his faithfulness. The Bible says that he loves us with an everlasting love. The Bible says he loves to bless those who obey him to the overflow. So even though God was a just God, that's definitely not the only characteristic he displayed. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, one part of his mission was to teach his disciples that not only was his father just, but that he was a good and merciful and loving and faithful God. And that he loves to bless and to protect and take care of his children. In other words, he came to show us the father. The Bible says this in Psalm 103, 13. This is from the Passion Translation. The same way a loving father feels toward his children. That's but a sample of your tender feelings toward us. Your beloved children who live in all of you. I can remember, excuse me. I can remember the first time. I look into the face of my daughter and son right after they were born. And something went off inside of me. A love I had never experienced before. The love of a father. I remember holding Brooke and James in my arms and looking into their tiny little faces. Man. I remember how God, it was just like I got a small glimpse Small glimpse of my heavenly father's love for me, of my heavenly father's love for each of you. And I knew from that moment on, I would do anything, absolutely anything, to love my kids, to protect my kids, to bless my kids, to be there for my kids, even to the point of laying down my life for them. I mean, most fathers, at least good and decent ones, want what's best for their children, even more so than what they had when they grew up. I know my dad did the best he could for my brother and sisters. And for me, he loved us and he provided for us and he supported us. I mean, he was there when I played football. He went to the games and just was always encouraging And challenging us. And I tell you. I will always do my best. To make life better for my. Son and daughter. For James and for Brooke. As well as my new daughter. Riley. That's what a father's heart is all about. Are you hearing me? But as much as we as natural fathers. Desire to bless our children. It doesn't even begin to compare to our heavenly father's desire to bless us. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 7. And again, I'm going to read this today from the Passion Translation because I really like the way it's translated. Do you know, verse 9, Matthew 7 verse 9, do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food? A plate of rocks instead? Oh, when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? 
if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask Him? How much more? How much more? Do we have a heavenly Father who desires to bless us and provide for us and take care of us even more than a natural father could do? Absolutely. In fact, God the Father, out of His great love for you and for me, willingly sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and transgressions, didn't He? My, my, my. Why? So that we could all live with Him forever as His very own children. Friends, our Heavenly Father, He so desires for us to succeed in this life. To live victoriously in this life. That's why He's given us His Word. That's why He's given us the Holy Spirit to live in us. To equip us. To empower us. To lead us and guide us through this life. That's why, glory to God, we have the legal right to use the name of Jesus against our enemy. And we have the legal right to use the name of Jesus in prayer. God wants us. God our Father wants us to succeed. He desires for us to live victoriously. Now I want you to understand that doesn't mean you're never going to be challenged. Because I think sometimes get, some people get the false uh, 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 get a, a false representation of living by faith that you're never going to be challenged again. That's not true. Jesus said in this life you're going to have temptations. In this world you'll face tests and trials. But be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. Which means in Him, which we are as Christians, we too overcome the world. Amen. But our Father wants us to succeed. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to come uh, uh, mess up so bad that you give up and you, you turn away from Him. It's not His desire for you. Aren't you glad that He's made a way that when we do mess up, we can get back up? Aren't you glad that He, was, he knew the way we would be? He knew that we would make mistakes. He knew that we would enter into temptation and sin. So in order for us to get back into a right uh, 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 relationship with him, in order for us to, to, to be forgiven of those sins, what did he do? He gave his very best, his very own son, to die on the cross for you and me. That speaks volumes to me of his love for us, of his love for me. Amen. Glory to God. I tell you what, if you haven't experienced our good God's desire to bless you, I want you to know that's his, that's his heart. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you beyond measure. He looks for ways to do so. But what ends up happening because of religion or because of other things People don't get a hold of those things. They never experience the blessings of God. Listen to what the Bible says here about God's desire to bless us. Ephesians 1.3, and this again is from the Passion Translation. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us 
as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus. All because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. Get that! He has already lavished upon us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Am I the only one that reads that and gets excited? Hallelujah! He's already lavished these things upon us. They already are ours. They're yours. They're mine. Glory to God. But notice where they're located. The spiritual realm. How do we get it from the spiritual realm to this realm? This natural realm. It's not a trick question. You should know by now being, being a part of this church. By faith. It's what faith is all about. God, I see it in your word. And I receive it into my life right now. Based upon your word. Something that Jesus has already accomplished for me. Hallelujah. Because I'm wrapped into Christ. All those spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm have already been lavished upon me. Why? As a love gift from my wonderful heavenly father. Oh, glory to God. See, for me not to take advantage of those things, it's almost like I'm saying, God, eh, who cares? Who cares that you love me? Who cares that you sent your son Jesus to do uh, what he did and go through what he went through? It doesn't really matter. I'm just going to struggle through this life. Just struggle along and hope to make it through this life until I get into heaven. And then when I get to heaven, if I just have a little little shack somewhere down on the end of one of those streets of gold, I'll be a happy camper. Is that what the way God wants us to live? Why not rise up and take advantage of all Jesus Christ accomplished for us through his redemptive work? Why not? If, if, is this the truth? Is this the Bible? Is this the Bible? Is, it, 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 the Bible is truth. If this is not currently happening in your life, then what must you do? You're going to have to find out about it in the Bible, which you are right now, and you're going to have to get the faith stirred up in you. Then you're going to just have to simply reach out and take it with your hand of faith. Bring it from the spiritual realm to this realm because that's God's desire for you and me. That's how much he wants you blessed. And then notice in James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Are you starting to see the heart of our Heavenly Father? Oh, how he desires to flood us with his blessings. He wants to flood us with His blessings. He wants to lavish these blessings upon us. Amen. Glory to God. And notice there in James 1 that it says there's no variation or shadow of turning with Him. In other words, that's the way He was. That's the way He is. And that's the way He will always be. He loves to bless us. He loves to bless us. I said He loves to bless us. With good things, my friends. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Is sickness good? That's not a trick question either. (laughs) 
Sickness is not good. Now, I understand that you probably do not hear, I mean, you probably don't hear, you know you don't hear in this church that God's the one who puts sickness on us to teach us something. I always just simply say to people who try to give me that, it's just, I thought the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Where in the world do you find sickness as being good or perfect? Hello? God doesn't need sickness to teach us anything, does he? He doesn't need to cause us to be in an accident to teach us something, does he? It's not good and it's not perfect, so it does not come from my heavenly Father. But again, I want you to notice with everything that's in our God, he wants to bless you and me. That's who my heavenly father is. I love to bless my children. I really do. I love it. I mean, at Christmas time, and again, they can attest to this. I really don't. I mean, you know, there might be a couple of things they might give me. But for the most part, I'm like, going, I just want to bless you guys. And I know that might sound weird, but it's the absolute truth, guys. As a father, I want to bless and take care of my kids. I love it to see Riley over there in a, with her little pile of gifts all around her and her ripping through them. Oh! Oh! I just had to use you right there. Sorry. <laughs> She's not the only one. James is right there with her. That's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. No, I'm just kidding. They don't do that. Praise the Lord. They love it when I do these kinds of things. Turn with me to Luke chapter 15 now. This is where I was going this morning. This is the story of the prodigal son. But I want you to see here, this is also a story that reveals to us the heart of the Father. Hallelujah. We're going to read through the whole thing here. And again, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Then Jesus said, verse 11, once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? Now, in the Jewish culture, it is very offensive for a son to come and ask his father for his inheritance. It's the equivalent of saying, I wish you were already dead. So what this son did could have easily offended his father. But notice, the father, so the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. I want you to notice that the father doesn't just give his younger son his inheritance, does he? He also gives the older son his inheritance. And we're going to see in just a moment why I'm, why I'm bringing that up. Verse 13, shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Now, friends, you, I, I don't think you fully comprehend how low this is, this is, what this is referring to. Because to Jews, they were forbidden to raise pigs. They were forbidden to eat pigs. They couldn't have anything to do with pigs. So this son had gotten to a position of being the lowest of the low. Verse 17, and this kind of brings it out, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing, and he thought, 
There are many workers at my father's house, have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance, his father saw him coming. What is the implication? That the father was always looking for his son to return. Oh, thank you, dear God. Dressed, his, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, kissed him over and over with tender love. Are you starting to see the love and compassion our heavenly father has for each of us? Even those of us who have turned our backs on him and gone and lived the way of the world. I love how this brings out that the father was so excited to see his son that he ran to him. He ran to him, scooped him up in his arms, and began to love on him. Notice verse 21. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, Hallelujah. This just blesses me, this story. Son, you're now home. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Speaking of the robe of righteousness we now wear. Bring the, the ring, the seal of sonship, and I'll put it on his finger. How many know that we have been sealed as sons and daughters by the Holy Spirit? And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. There was a party going on. Do you see that? Glory to God. And why? Because the father's son had returned home to him. Friends, if you or someone you know has messed up, don't run from God, run to God. You've heard me say that over and over and over again. And you'll find out that when you do, He's not going to condemn you and beat you up for your mistakes. No, He's going to run to you. I said He's going to run to you. He's been looking for you to return home. He's going to run to you. He's going to scoop you up in his arms. And he's going to love you. And he's going to encourage you. Come on. Let's keep going. Let's fulfill your divine plan, my divine plan and purpose for your life. Don't give up. I'm here for you. I love you. I believe in you. Glory to God. That's my heavenly father. And notice, just like the Bible says, all of heaven rejoices when one comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All of heaven also rejoices, celebrates with overflowing joy when one of the Father's children come home to Him. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to notice 
Verse 25, the older son's response to all of this. He is a representation of so many in the body of Christ today who, although born again, never take advantage of their father's inheritance. Whether because of ignorance of the word of God or because of religious thinking. Verse 25, now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. So he called over one of the servants and asked, what's going on? The servant replied, it's your younger brother. He's returned home and your father's throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son? And I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. The father said, my son, you are always with me by my side. I want you to get this next sentence. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. Oh, my goodness gracious. In other words, if you wanted a party, you could have had a party. If, if, if you wanted this thing or that thing, you could have it. Why? Because everything I have is yours to enjoy. Doesn't that sound like the, the scripture in Ephesians 1, 3 that we just read? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father. Is everybody experiencing that today? No. There's a whole lot of Christians that will never experience that. And it's because of a sticking religious spirit. Oh, my goodness gracious. Listen. Our God has already given us our inheritance through Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Now all we have to do is reach out and appropriate what we desire into our lives again with our hands of faith. That's it. Glory to God. Listen, everything he has is now ours to enjoy. Everything he has is now ours to enjoy. Everything he has is now ours to enjoy. I think I'm going to shout a little bit. Everything he has is now ours to enjoy. Woo! Get it! God wants you to enjoy. He, our Father wants to bless you. You know, I, again, take great joy in blessing my kids, especially when they were little. I mean, when Christmas time, I mean, is it, I mean, if you're a dad and you bless your kids at Christmas, boy, you just sit back and just watch them. I mean, I, I used to buy gifts for Brooke and James, gifts that I would like. Yeah. And then they bust through the gift and play with the box. It's all right. I'd play with the gift. You know. 
He wants us to enjoy these things. He wants us to enjoy these things. Don't be be like the older son who sat there and got all upset because the younger son came home and he said, what about me? What about me? What about me? And the father looks at him and says, everything I have is yours. Remember, he had gotten his inheritance at the same time the younger son did. Hello? I have received an inheritance from my dad when he passed. Do you understand that when I got that inheritance from him, it could have stayed on a, in a bank account over here and I would have never been able, would have never experienced it until I went and got it out of that bank account, put it into my own bank account, and then started to use it. It would have not benefited me at all just because it's there doesn't mean I'm going to be able to be blessed by it. Even though it's, it's mine. It's my inheritance. But that's what God is saying to us today. You're my children. I've given you an inheritance. All things that are mine are now yours to enjoy. Thank God for our heavenly father. Thank God for our heavenly father. Verse 32. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed. Because this brother of yours was once dead and gone. But now he's alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he's found. I love this story. We can start that. The story of the prodigal son, because it speaks to me, the life I once lived. How I came to my senses. And I ran, I I, I returned home to my heavenly father. And he ran to me, scooped me up in his arms. And he began to love on me. And this song speaks so much to me because this is me. And I, I know it's many of you too. Hallelujah. The great I am. Immovable rock. Omnipotent, powerful, awesome Lord.
about you. <laughs> That's how it was for me. There's just something about our Heavenly Father and the love He has for us. I know that when you make mistakes and you do stupid things, how can you ever love me? But He doesn't want us to. I'm sorry. such a good God. Good, good Father. Every single time He's run to me. Every single time He's picked me up in His loving arms. He's loved me. And He's spoken to me. Son, I still love you. I still love you. Now, I don't know if there's people in this room this morning experienced this like I have. I'm sure many of you have to one degree or another. But you need to know how much God the Father loves you. And since that moment when I really gave my life back to Him years ago, and I, you know, it says there at the end, when He ran to me, I ran to Him. That's the way it's been now. And I've been running with Him since then. And I have had the honor and the privilege of getting to know Him, my Father God, more and more and more and more and more. The more I want to know Him, the more He reveals Himself to me. The more He reveals Himself to me, the more I fall in love with Him. And the more I want to know about Him. But you need to know, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter how much or how badly you've missed it, his love for you has not diminished one iota. He loves you just as much today. All he asks you to do is to turn back and run to him because he's running to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. So why don't we bow our heads real quickly. Thank God for our heavenly father. Hallelujah. If I'm speaking to anybody in here today, Maybe for whatever reason you've found yourself. You sense that things aren't the same. You've been doing things you know you shouldn't be doing. And this isn't the time for condemnation. That's not the way he's, he's not about condemning us. Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn it. And Jesus was a direct representation of the Father. If there's somebody in this room today who say, Pastor Dan, I, I've been doing things I know I shouldn't be doing and I need to get right with God. I fully believe this morning if you'll do that with a sincere heart.